I want to get into a few different issues that discuss growth and how it's impossible for us. And see, that's true because we as Christians so often try to do it on our own. We try to do it in our own strength. Like, I need to quit sinning, so I just try harder, try harder, try harder. Don't we try that? And, and see, it all becomes our own effort, and that is never going to be sufficient. That's always going to leave us empty. So, I wanted to start by saying, Mark 4 talks about four different soils. It talks about God's Word and four different soils. The road, or the wayside, the stony soil, the thorny soil, and good soil that, that God's Word could really grow in. And I want to encourage you as we start to decide what kind of soil you want to be. Both for tonight, because I think you'll get a lot more out of it if you're going, I want to be good soil. I want, to, I want to hear what God has to share with me. But also, just for the rest of your life, do we want to be good soil that God's going to be able to grow us in? The kind of soil that when we hear God's word, it'll actually produce fruit in our lives. Or are we going to be the kind of soil that says, I'm going to try and struggle and strive and do it on my own. I want to be the good soil. And so I encourage you to just start out making that mental decision right now. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. So I have a role in this. It doesn't just say, boom, like all of a sudden I'm going to be perfect. But it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that the Holy Spirit is making me into is transforming me into Christ's character. So there is a synergy that's happening between the Holy Spirit and I. Does that make sense? It's not all the Holy Spirit, and it's not all me. It's like 90% Holy Spirit, 10% me. Okay, he does most of the work. But I have to be constantly submitting to him, yielding to him, and letting him work in me. That's why Paul says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. See, I can be a part, I can be an active player in this game, in my own growth. I get to make choices every day. I get to take steps. And that is important. And so where does God want me to grow? As I'm growing, as I'm taking the steps, and as I'm letting the Holy Spirit work in me, there are a few areas for growth. I'm just going to basically recap these because Russ hit them this morning. But he wants me to grow in loving him and loving others. Matthew 22, Jesus said those were the first and second greatest commandments. So loving God, loving others. I want to learn to grow to love God more every single day, guys. I don't want to wake up tomorrow and love God the same or less than I did today. I want to wake up tomorrow with greater heart for Him and for serving Him and obeying Him. 1 Peter 2.2 tells me how I can do that. It says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. And so it's telling me that God's Word is this pure milk that I can drink and that I can eat. Remember Russ talked about eating truth. And I'm going to grow as I'm getting in God's Word every day. That's part of loving Him more, right? As I'm praying continually, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, I am growing closer to Him. Prayer continually doesn't mean I just walk around all day praying nonstop. Praying continually means I'm communicating with God throughout my day. There's always an open line of communication. Aaron and I right now are not talking. But there's an open line of communication. We constantly have an open line of communication together. That's what God wants with us. Where as I'm walking to class, I'm thinking about, I'm meditating on the Word. I'm meditating on the Scripture that God gave me today that I read this morning. Okay? And when something comes to mind, I'm praying. And when I'm in class and my professor is talking about how stupid Christians are, I'm praying for him and that God reveal himself to him. Okay, see how this is working. So I'm, I'm loving God. I'm growing closer to him in his word and in prayer. All this stuff. And then Matthew 28, 18 through 20. 
Any of you guys remember that one? The big one? The Great Commission. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. That is not optional. Remember I said the retreat is mandatory? I was joking. The retreat is really optional, but I'm glad you're here. But the Great Commission is not optional. It is mandatory, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You guys, this is the greatest adventure in the history of the world. This is the greatest battle that's ever been fought. This is the greatest sporting event that's ever been played that has meaning more than anything has ever had meaning, and I'm inviting you to be a part of it. Okay, Dennis, if I said next year, okay, seriously, just imagine this. I said, Dennis, next year, you could be on the winning team in the Super Bowl. What would you say? No, no, I guarantee it will, okay? I can look into the future and I can see it, okay? And let's just pretend. But it's going to take a little bit of sacrifice. You're going to have to wake up early. You're going to have to practice harder than you've ever practiced in your life. Uh, you're not going to get to go hang out with your friends every night, right? Because your coach is going to want you sleeping and eating right and practicing. And uh, you might not get to play video games because you have to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and every game between now and the Super Bowl. And you might not get to do all the things your friends are doing. But is it going to be worth it? Would you do that? I'm a tiny, skinny, little white kid. I'd do it. Um, <laughs> even if they're like, you're going to break every bone in your body, I'd be like, sweet. <laughs> I'd be like, Elway. I would even do it. We'd do it, right? Okay, why would, why would you do something like that? Yeah, you love that game. And it's something huge. The Super Bowls, it's not small. It's huge. Okay, guys, the Great Commission is like God's Super Bowl, but it's, it's like 20 million times bigger than the Super Bowl. I remember the first Super Bowl the Broncos won back in 98. I was so excited when we beat the Packers. And then the next year, 99, won again against the Falcons. That was awesome. But you know what? I kind of have to think about that. Was it 98? Was it 99? What year was it, you know? Okay, well, I'm pretty sure when I'm 75, <laughs> I'll be like, what's football? <laughs> I won't even remember this stuff, right? Okay, the Great Commission is what will last for all of eternity, guys. Nobody's ever going to forget this. Nobody's ever going to forget this. There are going to be people that you see for the rest of eternity in heaven whose lives you were able to impact on this earth. That's going to put any Super Bowl victory to shame. Right, guys? This is exciting. So I want to encourage you right now that when he calls us to this and he wants us to grow in sharing our faith and, and helping other people grow in their faith also, so evangelism and discipleship, as he challenges me to these areas, it's not just because he's like, I just want to make you feel uncomfortable. Although it will be uncomfortable, just like if I had to be on the Super Bowl team, right? It's going to hurt sometimes. It's not going to be fun. You know, 5 o'clock that alarm goes off. It's kind of like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. But you know what? As I take those steps and as I grow in those areas, I'm developing into the person that God put me on this earth to be. Acts 17.26, it says that he put you here for this very time and place. It's not an accident. Jesse, why are you in Durango right now? Yeah, it's not like, oh, you know, I couldn't get into that other college. I should have, those jerks. Uh, it's, that's not the deal. The deal is God chose for you to be here for a real purpose that will impact eternity. Okay? So we want to grow into the person that God has made us to be so that we can accomplish that purpose. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11. If you can flip there fast, you can read it with me. You got it? You want to read it? But you got to, you got to project, Mikkel. You're lucky. You're loud in a good way. So let's hear it. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. Through these 
He has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being infective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome in the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. Here's what I wanted to ask you. As you think about this, participating in the divine nature. Somebody said, Nate, are you participating in the divine nature? I'd say, oh, maybe like 17% on a good day. Okay? I look at things like that and I think that's uh, pretty huge. Okay, godliness, my knowledge of Him, glory, virtue, all these things... You go on and on and on. It says, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. I look at that list, I kind of think, uh, how? That's impossible. You guys ever think that? How could I ever be that kind of Christian? You know, I've heard of them before, but I don't know if they really exist. Okay, well, God is saying that that is who he wants to make you into. And it's going to take some work. It's not going to happen tomorrow morning. That's the cool thing. Be patient with yourself. Second Peter 3.9, God is patient with you. Okay? So be patient with yourself. He's developing you and growing you over time. And I want to just make a short note on the side, guys, that James 1 and Romans 5 both tell us that it's going to take trials and hardships to grow you into the person that God wants you to be. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight. It'll take hard things and how I respond to hard things. You're reading in Job, Aaron. What did Job do when he lost his family and all of his possessions? Richest guy on the planet. and He loses everything. He loses his family. He loses his kids. The only one he doesn't lose is his wife, who ends up being the biggest nag and jerk that the planet's ever seen. What did he say when he loses all this stuff? Falls on his knees and he worships God. See, his response to that hardship is what God was using to make him the man he wanted him to be. So what I want to encourage you with is it's the same for us. Now, Paul told Timothy, he said, be an example, and he gave him all these things, a similar list to what Peter tells us in 2 Peter. And it's just another one of these lists of amazing attributes that we all want to aspire to. And then he says, do these things so that your progress may be evident to all. And that's what I want to encourage you in, guys, tonight, is see these things were growing in them. And if our progress isn't evident, then there's something wrong. Like Russ said, if Eliana, if you come back in five years and she hasn't grown, there's a problem. Okay, now for us as Christians, if I'm not getting progressively better at loving God, progressively better at loving others, progressively better at sharing my faith, progressively better at helping other Christians grow, right? if I'm not getting better at these and all that along the way, having Christ's character developing in me, loving being more joyful, more peaceful, more kind, more generous, more hopeful, more all these things. If that's not happening, then my progress isn't evident to all. And it's indicative of a problem inside. I'm not growing. Okay, I'm not growing. So now I'm going to go back to the beginning, guys. 
back to this concept that it's the Holy Spirit that works in us to grow us, to make us who God wants us to be. And Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 3, 6. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one that produces the fruit. God's the one that makes the growth happen. Okay? So tonight, Russ and I are, are maybe throwing some seed out, or, and the seed is obviously God's word. It ain't us. All this that you hear is right from God's word. But you guys, we might be watering a little. You might go to church Sunday and get watered some more, maybe some more seed thrown out. But the growth happens when you simply surrender to God and let Him develop you the way He wants to. And that's the reason that we have to submit to the Holy Spirit working in our life. That's why we have to be submitting to Him and letting Him develop us.